I'm all about health and wellness, but sometimes it can feel overwhelming. I like to make things simple and streamlined, which is why I love using energy bits in my daily life. I'm already making my daily smoothie, which has collagen, protein powder, flax, and chia seeds. It has some turmeric. I mix it up with a bunch of different fruits, and I add a handful of these tablets, and I know that I'm doing something incredible for my health and well-being. I take the Vitality Bits, which is a combination of both chlorella and spirulina, so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. And the reasons why I love Energy Bits is it helps to remove toxins, it helps build your immunity, it's good for anti-aging, there's 40 vitamins and minerals, it's high in antioxidants, which remove free radicals, it's amazing for heart, skin, and bone health, it reduces inflammation, it is zero sugar, organic, non-GMO, vegan, and keto. I've been using Energy Bits for well over a year now and I cannot stop talking about them. It's so easy to do. I'm not someone who likes a lot of fuss. I like things that are easy and simple and Energy Bits is that. Right now, Energy Bits is giving all Balance Your Life podcast listeners 20% off when you use code MEGAN, M-E-G-H-A-N, at checkout on any of the products online. I like the Vitality Bits by Energy Bits because it's both chlorella and spirulina. Like I said, you get the best of both worlds when you do the Vitality Bits, but you can choose from a variety of options depending on your needs and wants. Don't forget to support the show and use code MEGAN, M-E-G-H-A-N, to save 20% off of your order. Welcome to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of the show. This podcast is designed to inspire and empower you to start and maintain your own wellness journey so you can become the best version of yourself. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell Gordon. It is so hard to believe that it is October already. I'm already shooting campaigns for the end of the quarter and I feel like it was just yesterday that I was taking some time off in the summer to enjoy the heat and everything and now we are past mid-October. Wild. I am so glad that you are here. If you have been listening for a while, I am so grateful for you. For all the reviews and the ratings that you have left, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are brand new here, I of course would love for you to take a moment to rate and review the show, but I am just so excited to have you here. And today on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Varun Gandhi. Dr. Varun is a life orchestrator, soulpreneur, angel investor, inventor, philanthropist, and a water doctor. He enjoys orchestrating businesses, events, and ideas about the self. On this episode, we talk about not letting society dictate what we should be doing in our lives, tangible tips for cultivating awareness in our lives, and the idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable in our healing journeys. We also discuss why self-awareness is a superpower, how to positively rewire our mindsets, and the stories we tell ourselves and so much more. Dr. Varun was so much fun to talk to. He has such a positive, 
uplifting energy. We vibed so well and I know you're going to absolutely love this podcast interview. I get a lot of DMs and emails asking me about certain products and brands that I use in my daily life because I rave about them so much online in my socials. And while I do encourage buying local when you can, sometimes you can't, and that's where Amazon has come in so handy. I've created my Amazon storefront where I link all my favorite products and brands and my go-to book recommendations. You can find the products I use in my business, like my Yeti mic, the beauty products I swear by, like truly everyone needs a silk pillowcase for their skin and hair health, the body butter from Walita I just can't get enough of, the frother that I use daily for my coffee, and so much more. I am constantly adding more to the storefront, so make sure you are always checking back in to see the products and brands that I love and use. Use the link in the show notes to follow along and shop all your beauty, wellness, business, fitness, and lifestyle needs. With that, please welcome Dr. Varun Gandhi to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Dr. Varun Gandhi. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate being here. Love and abundance, everyone. I would love if you could give a little bio of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining me from today. So I currently live in uh, Los Angeles and it's, uh, you know, I'll go through my story as we talk about it, uh, of how I landed in LA. Uh, But essentially what I currently do is I help, uh, I call myself the life orchestrator, uh, meaning I'm, uh, I enjoy orchestrating businesses. I enjoy helping people you know, get their mindsets right, orchestrating their minds, orchestrating their lives. Uh, I love uh, any kind of wellness, any kind of, uh, you know, organizing events and festivals and things like that. Uh, another another uh, title is a water doctor. And the reason I have this is uh, I kind of go into my story, but I have a PhD in, in environmental engineering, specifically focused in water. And so that's kind of where it originated from. But I'm no longer in that field. And this water doctor is is a way of me to uh, remind people to drink more water because it's it has healing properties in and of itself. Uh, so that's who I am. I love all of it. I would love to back up right to the very start of your journey. You said you're into health and wellness. Have you always been into health and wellness? Was your family into this? Like what made you go down this path? That's such a great question. No, I was not always into this. Uh, it took me about 30, 28 to 30 years of my life to get into meditation. And that was my the beginning of my journey into wellness. I At this point, I was so focused on my career, on education, on, you know, what is that next achievement for myself in life? You know, I was born and brought up in Dubai and kind of went through this whole Indian system, the Indian mentality where, okay, first you got to, you know, get your, uh, get good grades. And then after that, only you can enjoy, you know, so it's constantly like focusing on books and studying and all that. Uh, And then I moved to America when I was, uh, this is two months before 9-11. And uh, I was 15 years old, right in the middle of high school, junior year. It was a really tough transition for me. I uh, kind of, I mean, this was actually my first major move. Up until this time, I was 
in one city, in one high school even. Because over there, we went from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, and you could be in one structure, in one facility, uh, just move different classrooms. Uh, and so I was in that environment, and I knew everyone there. I was so familiar with it. And I was so- suddenly plucked out of this, dropped into America, into junior high, where a uh, junior year of high school, where it's like everyone has formed their cliques. You are this oddball because I didn't have this accent. I was completely, uh, you know, like had this really Indian accent. People couldn't understand me. My hair was all over the place. Uh, it just looked like I didn't belong here, you know. And um, so I was dropped into high school. And that was the first three months were extremely hard. I remember waking up crying, not wanting to go to school. And my mom would always give me that little just motivation just for, just for today. Just go today. See how it is. Just that little hope that, okay, it's, it's all going to be better. Just go today. Right. And so she would get me out of the house and I would go. Uh, eventually I started making some friends that we'd have lunch together. And I, even though we'd sit in silence, we wouldn't even talk. We'd just be enjoying our lunches, but that just gave us comfort, that space. And so now I was into college again that whole mentality of what's next what's next what's next so i got a undergrad i got a master's i got a phd uh that was nine and a half years of my life in college and i graduate and now i'm like i have this job that has everything that i need is on my table i just have to work through this career and you know everything will be provided for in in essence well i wasn't happy you know i had everything so about, I was about a year and a few months into this job and I started feeling like, okay, something's off. Along the same time, right when I was graduating, I also went through a breakup. Now that breakup was really hard on me. It was, it was a two-year relationship and it was one of the best relationships that I've had up, uh, up until that time. And I thought she was the one. I was like, all right, she's going to be the one. I'd already visualized living in suburbia with this, you know, with a house uh, up in the hill with two kids and a little dog and all of that, you know, and all of a sudden it just crashed. And I was like, uh, coming out of that. And I was three months away from graduation where I had to write a 200 page book. I had to put this whole presentation together, prepare myself to finally graduate and, you know, leave my PhD. Uh, so I had this, this deadline, but in my mental turmoil, I couldn't really focus on any of that. Uh, and I, I remember again, I guess crying has been a theme in my life. I'd wake up crying in the morning <laughs> because I was stuck in a, in the old reality, you know, and I couldn't accept this new reality. I couldn't come into peace with, she's not with me anymore. She's not, I'm not going to wake up to her again, ever again, or at least currently, uh, you know, but I couldn't accept that. And so I'd wake up with just not wanting to get out of bed but I then I'd have this deadline. Okay, in three months I have to graduate. Uh, so I would watch comedy. I use comedy as a tool. Uh, back then, John Stewart was on The Daily Show, and uh, his 22-minute uh, little episode kind of made my day. I'd watch that the first thing in the morning. I get out of bed, get uh, you know, get my stuff together, sit on my table, watch that 22-minute episode, and then get my day started. And that saved me. That right there saved me. And but so you know, still had all this mental turmoil going on. But I had to so uh, just focused on this. I was like, I'm just going to delay it. So now I graduate. I'm on my way to this job, which is way out in the West Coast in Idaho. Uh, this is a state that I never exist, I never knew existed until I went out there for this interview, right? And uh, 
it's like very tiny, not, not many people go there. And so I moved there. Now that could have represented this move into the darkness. Like, okay, I could, I'm going into this state where I don't know anyone. So it's like this whole space, like a blank slate available for me. And I could have done anything with my time. I could have done, you know, uh, dove deeper into myself, uh, you know, looked at my suffering, looked at all of this pain that was still ongoing. All this turmoil was still there. Uh, but instead I said, you know what? I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to, I moved into this place, this new uh, town. I'm going to make friends and just go enjoy, have all the fun in this world because I need to move, uh, distract myself from this pain and suffering. And I couldn't handle it. It was too emotionally overwhelming. And so I did that for a year, a year and a half. And now at this job for about the same time. And I come to this point where I said, enough is enough. I can't go on like this anymore. I wake up with this pain in my stomach in my solar plexus region. Uh, and this is about a year and a few months into this job. And it, at the beginning, it was very subtle and slowly it grew over time. So about two months into it, uh, since the pain started, I couldn't bear it anymore. I said, I have to do something about it. So everything just came to head at this moment. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to move on from this job. This job is, the, the, you know, so I kind of sat down with this pain to understand, like, what is it telling me? You know, uh, at this point, I was very unconscious in my life. And so this, that technique of let me sit down with this pain was kind of, I don't know where it came from, but I just did it out of, it just happened automatically, you know? And so then sat down with it. And one of the questions that came up, came up from this exercise was, why are you going to this job that you don't really care about? You're waking up, working so hard, going eight to five and sometimes weekends, putting in all this effort, putting in all this energy, but you're not happy. And what is the purpose behind this? You know, like, what is that greater thing? Because I felt like inside of me that I was meant to be doing something, you know, and like making a change difference in someone's life. I felt that, but this job wasn't it. Like it wasn't giving me that, uh, that, uh, that feeling, that, that peace. Uh, so I said, you know what, I had finally made this decision that this is it. Like after a month, two months into it, I said, you know what, I think I have to move on from this job. And now comes all society. Like, why are you doing this? My parents come into the picture. Nine and a half years of college and now you're working. Why don't you find another job? You know, stay within this career, but find another job. And I, I, do, I did this like visualization exercises. Like, okay, let, I imagine myself in another job. Imagine myself, okay, doing something different, but within the same career, same field. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't see that happiness out of that either. You know, I, I also visualized myself okay, staying at this company because I love the company. I love the people that I was working with. It's so friendly. They were amazing out there. Uh, by the way, I'm going to plug Boise, Idaho here. If you haven't been to Boise, Idaho, I highly recommend going. It's beautiful country out there. So beautiful, like mountains, waterfalls, valleys, everything you can imagine. Uh, definitely check it out. So coming back <laughs> now at this point, I was finally decided that, okay, it's, it's time to move on. Uh, let me leave this job behind, convince my parents, convince everyone around me that this is it. It's, it's on, I'm leaving it. So I left the, left the job and I moved back to Atlanta, which is where I did my undergrad, my, all of my college. And uh, I said, okay, what can I do? This is like a blank slate. I could do, I could choose to do anything at this point. Yeah, I finally left that job behind. And I remember when I put the, when I gave my notice, you know, usually people given like a two week notice, my resignation, but I gave a five week notice. I was so excited to leave. 
I'm like, I'm just going to give a long notice and just get it out of the way. And the minute I dropped that letter off to my boss, I felt this relief. That pain in my solar plexus finally just went away for good. I'd never felt it again. Uh, but I realized I was making the right decision. You know, at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going in the right direction. Uh, and so now I finally decide and I move back to Atlanta. And at this point, I kind of come into this book called The Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra. And in this book, I mean, it's a very high level, very sophisticated spiritually, right? So I was just entering into it. I had no experience in this. So that book was like 95% of it went over my head. I didn't understand it. But the little bit that I picked up was meditation. And that became my, started my journey into my wellness, my healing and, you know, diving deeper into myself. I resonate so much with all of that and everything that you're saying, I think is just, I feel like at the time we're going through it, it's so hard and you're like, nobody will understand this, or I can't bear to be with this pain. And now looking back, you always go, well, there, there was a reason why I went through this, right? It helped me grow. It helped me to become the person I am. Now I go out and I help other people, but it sounded like there was even if it was unconsciously like this, this self-awareness, right? Like you knew you were in a job that wasn't serving you, didn't really know what the next step was, but it was just like, I just have to leave behind this job. And I always, there is, there is such a sense of relief when it comes to maybe not knowing what that next step is or, but you're leaving something behind or you're walking away from something. And it's just like, you do, you feel like such a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. And it's just like, that's how I think, you know, you're on the right path, even if you don't know what plan, what the next step is. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I was at too. I didn't know what the next step was. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just knew that this wasn't it. Right. And I was making my decision based on that. Uh, So I wasn't thinking, oh, I need this backup plan. I need this something else to fall back on. I knew I had my degree. I could always go back. That company would have taken me back within a year if I, you know, within a few years if I went back. But for me, like I just burned that bridge. I said, you know what? I'm not going back to that. I knew that career wasn't it. I mean, I could utilize my degree in other ways. You know, I could fund a nonprofit that's helping water, clean water in third world countries or, you know, things like that. I could I could apply it in different ways, but I knew that wasn't it. And, you know, I felt like even though I wasn't very conscious of my thoughts at that point in my life, I got these signs, you know, like the universe sending you like messages, you know, I think it took like you mentioned that awareness, it took that little bit of awareness to pay attention to those signs, right? Uh, It was like me being conscious in those moments to accept to receive that message, right? And so it, it didn't happen all the time. But every time I was in connection or in you know, like connected to it, I would get these messages and I would get these feelings and I would tune into my body. I think that was the big thing that was missing in my life was tuning into my body. So you mentioned that you started on your meditation journey and Deepak Chopra, I love him, but he is a heavy guy to get into as your first step into this spiritual world. I would love to know what that first step of meditation was like for you were you doing five minutes of just focusing on your breath was I mean Deepak Chopra I know is like he's like do an hour let's go (laughs) Um, and I think it's incredible but I can 
totally appreciate someone who's first starting out that that would be a very overwhelming thing to think of our closed eyes chanting ohm in a dark room so what was that like for you when you were first starting out on your meditation journey yeah so that was a very interesting uh journey that i that i began on uh so i read this book when i was in idaho and at that time i decided okay once i leave this job when i move back to atlanta at that point i'm going to put together a meditation ritual for myself right i knew i wanted to adopt this or at least try it out uh and so i i then the next step for me was i mean that book just gave me the idea of meditation but then i had to google what meditation was because like you mentioned deepak chopra's language is like way over my head at that point and so i googled what meditation was and i started reading about it and you know diving deeper into it like how to do it what are the different ways of doing it then i got confused like there's so much out there you know you could do this you could do that you could do you know and it, everything is great at the end of it is finding what worked for me right so i started out okay let me do like you mentioned 5 minutes that's all i wanted to do initially i was like oh i'm going to do 15 minutes 30 minutes and all this i had all these goals in mind and when i started doing it i realized i'm not even lasting for a minute or two minutes right so i said okay you know what and that it took me a while to get build up to this point as well right so now i said okay i'm going to set just 5 minutes that's it that's my goal for now let me get to 5 minutes for at least a month or so and then i can move upgrade to the next level all right so now i sit down and initially the way i started was uh so i was renting one room in my friend's apartment all of my belongings were was in that room and so i said you know what i'm going to look in the corner of the wall away from my belongings so everything is behind me all of my distractions are behind me i'm just going to focus in the corner initially it was eyes open i would put a, put a dot on the wall and just focus on that or then i would try okay that didn't that was okay then i would try something else i'd close my eyes and imagine a flame and kind of focus on that and so i tried out multiple different things as i was kind of exploring cuz and at that point i felt like okay there was so many people giving like okay you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this and i thought you know what let me find what works for me right what can i employ that i enjoy doing but I, and I, that i'm actually doing right it's not like i'm forcing myself to do something initially it felt like that it was a lot of like i just have to sit there and make sure that i do the 5 minutes right that was like a little bit of forcing but i wanted to make sure that i did it even if i lasted for a minute uh so the second challenge was i was sitting there and then i would constantly have this thought like i would sit there for a while and be like has it been 5 minutes yet you know and then i look at the timer of the phone it's only been like 30 seconds i'm like ah oh. okay so what i did was i would take i took my phone and set a 5 minute timer so i i wouldn't have that question in mind anymore i set my phone now this is the only distraction that was left and i would move it aside a little bit far away from me so i'm not distracted and it's not easy uh accessible so i did that and then i just had to sit there whatever happened whatever happened within it because initially i was teaching myself training myself to just sit right because my life at that point had been let's go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing so imagine that that was my external life so my internal life was kind of like when you're in the ocean and the waves at the top are very turbulent very topsy turvy it's constantly move, moving right so that that was how my mental state was it was constant this just chatter constant going on something or the other noise and so initially 
every time I would sit down, that chatter would start like, why am I doing this? What's going on? You know, and so I had to sit down and just train myself to just be there. And so and then what I realized is as I was diving deeper into my meditation, I got deeper and deeper into the ocean. And I was now going into still bottom levels where, okay, now I can actually like be peaceful and silent and, you know, have clarity and operate from this space of clarity. So that was my meditation journey from the very beginning. Oh, it's, I love it so much. I feel like I, I was the exact same way. Like I, when I first started meditation, I've talked about it so many times, but I was just like, like not for me even when I started my yoga journey it was like can I do power yoga like I want to get in a workout I don't want to do any of this gentle stuff like I need to go and I remember meditation coming up so many times and I was like nope 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 and I was forced to do it in my yoga teacher training and it was one of the only times I remember in my life where I was always so negative towards myself and you don't really realize it right it's just like the self-dialogue in your head and after it was like 10 minutes our teacher guided us through a little bit left us for a bit and then brought us out and I just remember bawling afterwards and thinking like that was the first time in my entire life where I like the the self-talk inside of my head stopped it just stopped and I had never experienced that at all in my entire life and it's just it's it's an addicting feeling like to just be like in a positive way, (laughs) but to just not have all these thoughts all the time. And you do, you become so aware of where your thoughts actually go and how negative you are to yourself or how you're always planning the next thing or how you're always in the past or visualizing the future. Like we're never actually just present and with what's going on inside of us or listening to like, what your body and your mind are trying to tell you. Yeah, that's so true. Because I mean, at some point in my life, I was at that at that state as well. Like it was just the shatter was taking up occupying all of the mental space. I didn't have any clarity. I didn't have any uh, like space, the distance to even, you know, think for myself, you know, so whatever society would tell me, that's what I would accept. And all of these messages, external programming from people was was inside of me that I didn't really know that that was there. And it was meditation. It was like the little, the literal slowing down and being able to just sit with myself. That act right there gave me the space to kind of look within. You know, at this point, it was all external. Like my uh, my focus was outside, and what can I achieve outside? Uh, and I'd never ever had this opportunity to look inside of myself. Like after I started looking deeper within, was when I realized that that relationship. I was 50% responsible for the breakup in that relationship, right? All this while I was blaming her. All this while I was like pointing fingers. I couldn't accept that, right? And so it took that meditation to become self-aware that, oh, wow, it was me being jealous when, you know, so she had moved away to a different uh, state for a different city for a while. For the, uh, you know, it was like four hours away. Uh, so she was looking for friends. Uh, for she had moved away for work so she was looking for friends and all that and so she would go and hang out with guys and I would get jealous so it was was all of those little little things that build up to me feeling you know the the breakup in that relationship and meditation allowed to bring all of that to the surface so it sounds like you were able to cultivate this sense of awareness which is what I really want us to focus on 
But for you, with this sense of awareness, now you you're doing your meditation, you're realizing, oh my gosh, like I'm not, I was responsible for this breakup. I'm doing all these external things that don't actually bring me joy. How did you start to figure out the things that do bring you joy and to find a job that actually lights your soul up? Like what was what were those next steps with that awareness that you had cultivated within your life? So I'm a scientist, so I like the trial and error method. Try it out. And, you know, within a week, two weeks, three weeks, you'll realize if this is, you know, gonna bring you joy or not. Uh and and that that was my uh, my strategy. I was like, okay, let me so initially when I left my job, I called myself an entrepreneur. Uh, and so the first thing that I did was I worked with a friend who, uh, him and I, we had this uh, company where we were helping international students to come to America, you know, for grad school. So I was utilizing my background, kind of everything that I'd done so far, and I was helping other people achieve their dreams. Well, it, I was happy doing that, but after a while, you know, two years into it, uh, I realized that, oh, I want to involve my spirituality, my meditation into my entrepreneurship, you know? And so, and this kind of wasn't giving me that like, yeah, I was helping people, but yeah, I wasn't able to change their lives in any sense, you know, spiritually, like what's going on inside of them. So I wanted to incorporate that into it. So then I kind of moved out of that and moved into the solopreneurship space. And even within that, okay, first uh, I was organizing events, which I really enjoyed doing. I said, you know what? I want more out of this too. So then I started helping uh, solopreneurs promote market, you know, and find ways to spread their message. Uh, and now I'm here sharing my message, you know, so it kind of evolved into different uh, things because I'm starting to move in this direction. I'm like, oh, this is what I enjoy. So let me walk there uh, and do more of that. Like 2022, I've uh, put this challenge up for myself that, I haven't been a great in expressing myself, uh, especially, you know, like last year, a year ago. Uh, so 2022, I said, you know what, I'm going to shift my, change my environment. You know, these affirmations were very brand new in 2022. There are a couple of affirmations in front of me, one that says express yourself and the other one that says be you. Uh, the thing that I realized was happening for me is I had all this mental chatter that wasn't allowing me to be myself. It wasn't allowing me to express myself clearly, right? So meditation helped me calm that mental chatter. And now this year, I've, I said, you know what? Just like that meditation practice, I had to train myself to sit down and do it. I'm training myself to put myself out there on all these different podcasts, different channels, to share my message, to share my thoughts, share my ideas, and help other people through this process, through this journey. And so that's just changing the environment, but trying out new things that you enjoy doing. What would you say are some tangible tips for people to take in their own life if they want to cultivate more awareness in their life, whether it's finding a job that they like or finding the love of their life or leaving something behind? Are you somebody who believes like, just do meditation? Is it meditate and also do some journaling like what are some tangible tips for people to start to discover self-awareness for themselves i think it's whatever activity people enjoy so like say, let's say for example uh someone enjoys playing sports right and they're out there in the moment in the you know when they're playing basketball for example they're in the flow 
passing the ball, shooting, whatever it is, right? Whatever comes in the moment. I feel like at that moment, they are meditating, right? And if they enjoy doing that, go out, do more of that. Do things that you enjoy doing naturally, right? If some people may enjoy journaling, they're an introvert, they want to write down their thoughts. If you enjoy journaling, utilize that as a tool to, uh, you know, get you far. Because I think at the end of the end of the day, there's so many tools out there. I think we just have to find the one that works for us. Uh, so some of the tools that I've utilized and I currently utilize as well are uh, so meditation. But now my meditation has evolved into incorporating uh, breath work, pranayama, you know, holding mudras, chanting Om, uh, and you know, holding all these different locks throughout the breathing. So it, that's that's what it's evolved into, right? Uh, so that's something that helps me because I find I do that 20 minutes of it in the morning and I find that I'm energized for the rest of the day. I'm in a positive mind state. I'm present. You know, I get all of these benefits out of it. Uh, earlier, uh, I enjoyed going for walks. So in the morning, I would do these morning walks where I'd uh, listen to some affirmations or maybe some positive videos of like motivational speakers or, you know, something to put myself in a positive mood first thing in the morning. I'll go out on a walk for maybe an hour uh, take my kid with me, you know, just take him with me and listen to all these positive thoughts and then visualize what I, how I want my day to go. And, you know, so in this way, uh, I was kind of programming myself to focus on what I want to happen and not on all this mental chatter and all this stuff that's going to stop me or distract me from achieving what I want to do. So I feel like finding something that, like you said, that there was this chatter. And then when you meditated for even 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you kind of just silent. So find that thing that makes it silent. It's funny that you say that because I feel like in the health and wellness space, there can be a lot of overwhelm or confusion or like you're not doing it right. And even I remember my first meditation teacher was very much like, you have to sit cross-legged spine is nice and long and it's it's only breath meditation like you're only focusing on your breath and it's like it almost takes away kind of I don't want to say necessarily the joy in it because I do believe there is an aspect of being uncomfortable getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and training yourself to do something that's out of your comfort zone but I also just don't believe that that it's one way or the highway and I feel like that is so counterintuitive of being in the health and wellness space. Or even if you think of like, I always say like in the yoga world, it's such a great space, but sometimes there's so much judgment and you're like, now you're not being very yogic. Like, like it's not yogic to pass judgment on other people. Like how, how can we find this duality of like being open and like, yes, talk about the things that have helped you, but like, it doesn't have to be like, it's this way or you're not doing it correctly. I completely agree with that. I've seen that so much. And I feel like maybe it's coming from the solopreneurs who have created that kind of meditation that says, this is it, like do this and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's do something, right? Do whatever works for you, but do it. Like create that ritual. I mean, like you said, yeah, you have to get uncomfortable uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Making yourself disciplined and sitting there, for example, if you choose to do this meditation, sitting there is uncomfortable. Sitting there when you're journaling, writing out your thoughts, that's that can be uncomfortable for people, right? But get comfortable with that because this whole journey of healing is very uncomfortable. 
you're going to be uncovering things about yourself that you may you, you didn't know existed you didn't know that you had that within you like for example uh so my baby boy has been born about four months ago uh and within these last four months i realized i had a lot of anger in in me because every time he cried and uncontrollably cried for 10 15 20 minutes i had you know i get frustrated and that would bring up this anger now i didn't know that i had this anger inside of me until i had this baby boy i went through this experience of waking up at 3 a.m in the morning with you know screaming in my ears and you know so i learned something new about me because i got put myself in this new situation so i feel like every little activity out there like you go out and you know go to Sadhguru's uh, foundation or you go to any, any guru in India or any like Deepak Chopra, whatever you do, do it religiously, like follow it, pick a routine and stick with it so that you could actually see the benefits of it. It's not going to happen in week one, week two, week three, week four, but maybe in month two, month three, month four, month five, you'll see the benefits. From a health and wellness perspective and keeping with this theme of self-awareness, what are some other things that you do in your life that help you contribute? that help contribute to you having a really great mindset and this self-awareness within you. Like, yes, it can be meditation and stuff. And, but one thing I think people don't always think about is the food that we're consuming. You know, if we're constantly eating like garbage, it really does contribute to us to us having like brain fog and not being clear about things. So I'm curious, what are some other things that you do that you feel like truly help you to consistently have a practice of self-awareness even if it's not like you said all the time it's just like I I am aware at least that I'm not being aware if you will yeah uh so some of the practices that I that I do is um so breath work is one of them that I mentioned you know so that's become kind of my sort of meditation I don't like sit down and meditate now it's breath work and the walking is is another form of meditation that I do Outside of that, I food is like you mentioned is is um is one of the biggest factors that play a role in how we feel in our energies. I feel like with food, a lot of us are programmed to eat according to the time. It's breakfast time. Oh, it's time to eat. It's lunch time. Oh, it's time to eat. I feel like we need to reprogram ourselves to eat when we're hungry, when we feel it, when we feel it inside of ourselves and okay, now it's time to eat, right? It's not that, oh, it's 8 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I feel like we're overeating and just stuffing our faces with all this food. And then the quality mm -hmm. of our food. Over time, it's gone down. You can see that. I was bo uh, born and brought up in Dubai. I, could, I saw the quality of the food over there, mm -hmm. getting it directly from the farmer's market. And over here, you know, coming to Ralph's and all these grocery stores, and you see the quality of the food here. So definitely the food, it plays a huge role. And another tool that I use is music all right so having some kind of frequencies some kind of chanting some mantra something going on in the background and i do that for maybe an hour or two hours while i'm working it's just going on in the background you can see the speaker right behind me on the floor and it just goes on sometimes my kid is sleeping my baby's sleeping right in the uh, in front of me in the uh in in his in the space and i have the mantras going chanting and while he's sleeping he's getting all of that benefit, right? So it's starting him early in, the, in that sense as well. Uh, but having that going on, just setting up your environment in a way that 
you know, con is conducive to creativity, is conducive to being open, conducive to being present. Sometimes I light up an in incense or sage, something behind me and just place it right there. So while I'm working here, I'll have all these affirmations with the mantras and the chanting and all of my gods are right behind me. So everything's right here. And that's how I get into, into it and, and, you know, being creative. I, your kid is going to be so like zenful and just so tuned in the older that he gets and be like, just listen to all the frequency music and lighting the incense. And I think it's so great. I, I love seeing parents getting their kids into things like green smoothie drinks and mm -hmm. frequencies. And, uh, you know, even if mom or dad's doing yoga and even if it's like a four month old it's they're there right they're they're consciously seeing it and being exposed to it all the time yeah you know uh I'll give you a little interesting story so my wife uh we're kind of on opposite ends of spirituality she is still in the mindset of you know like work work she's an attorney and uh, she does marketing for an attorney but she's also a qualified attorney as well uh, so she's in that space and I'm on this meditation, spirituality and all this. So before, while uh, she she was in labor, uh, like, you know, with uh, my baby in, in, the, in the belly for those nine months, I would go into his room, into his nursery. It was still being built and furniture was still being arranged and all that. But I'd, I put my meditation mat there and I would do my meditation in his room. So for those almost, I think for the last six months, I did it. And I would every day, religiously, 10, 15 minutes, I would do whatever meditation I'm doing for that day, I would do it in his room. Chant Om, I would do it in his room. Now, when he was born, my wife said that every time she takes him in that room, he automatically gets so peaceful. And this was like week one, week two, week three, you know? And so this is her, and that was like coming from her, like she would tell me this, right? Like I could feel it, but she, her telling me this, that's a huge deal. Oh, I love it. It's an energy that you're putting out there that he's like, this is just where dad zens out and yep. he feels it yep. too. Is there anything that is coming up for you regarding self-awareness that you wish people either knew about or started to implement into their life or just even a story of your own that you have that really helped you recognize how important self-awareness was in your in your life anything that i haven't asked you at all that you want to let the audience know about yeah i think uh so this is something that i've been currently working on and it's a it's a course called what's your story the whole idea is that at every moment of our lives we're creating a story in our minds you know every time we try to make sense of a situation every time we try to make sense of what something else someone else is telling us you know, it's our perception of what they're telling us, you know, so we're trying to make sense of it. And we're creating a story in our minds. Uh, and I feel like we have the power to control that story. We have the power to change that story. A lot of us in our lives have collected a lot of garbage as we go through life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And all of this garbage is inside of us that plays a role in creating the story. Like, for example, I'll give you an analogy, the way it works. So we're in this movie theater and we're watching a movie on the screen. There's a screen that has the movie on it. There's a projector in the back that's projecting this movie onto the screen. And inside the projector, there's a film. So the film is actually the essence of the movie. The projector and the screen are the tools. In our lives, 
we have a projector right here called the third eye chakra. It's projecting all these images, our imagination, creating all of these images that, and they're projecting it onto these different screens in our lives, which are the people, the places that we visit, all the situations that we come across, all of our experiences. Those are all the different screens. And we are creating the story. Our imagination is taking the story from this film that's inside of us. All right. So there's this film that's inside of us that contains all of our memories, all of our behaviors, all of our beliefs. And this projector takes data from that film and projects it onto this screen. So if that film consists of a lot of negativity, consists of shaming, consists of jealousy, consists of all of these negative qualities in that film, that's what you're going to be projecting onto your life. That's what you're going to be seeing in your life. It's what you, That's what you're going to be focusing on and thus attracting into your life. So my message is that pay attention to the stories that you're creating. And at some point, you'll get to the point where you're doing it in the moment. Like right now, you're creating a story and you're actually being aware of the story that you're creating, right? Because a lot of the times when we're journaling, it's, okay, what happened in the past? Let me analyze that, reflect back on that incident. And you know, now, now we're becoming aware of situations that happened in the past. At some point, you'll get to the point where, okay, I'm in this moment right now and I'm being aware of this podcast interview, how it's going. You know, about three months ago, I would have been nervous. I would have been sweaty. I would have been all of these things, right? I'd be stuttering over my words, but now I'm actually self-aware in the moment and I could guide myself like, oh, pay attention to all of these things that are going great in this interview, right? That's where my focus is going. I'm not focusing on that 1%, that little word that I missed, the little word that I stuttered on. I'm focusing on, oh, look at that message that I'm sharing with people, right? And that is in the moment. And that's where my awareness has taken me is how can I be present, aware right now so that I could pay attention to the way I'm feeling? And if I'm not feeling great, but I'm you know, being uncomfortable in this situation, let me find a way to put myself at ease, all right? So what can I do to put myself at ease? Maybe I could focus on things that are going right, put my attention on that. So now I'm slowly, slowly coming to an ease in this moment of being very uncomfortable, right? So now re repeating that every interview after 10, 15, 20 interviews, now I was able to be at ease while I'm giving these interviews and actually share my story and express myself. Uh, so those are the certain tools that I use. Oh, I, I, if anyone's watching the video version of this, I feel like I'm just sitting here like nodding my head along with everything that you're saying. I would love to know, you were mentioning these tools, which are amazing. Is there anything that you do that helps you to like rewire those stories? Like, yes, something's happened. We have an awareness. Oh my God, this is happening right now. I'm saying all these things or I'm focusing on that. Do you, for you specifically, or in even like things that you recommend, is it replacing those thoughts with you were talking about affirmations before. It's like, if I have this thought, this is the affirmation I say, or is it something like, this is the thought. Now I'm going to have one gratitude thing to go with it. So I'm like counterbalancing it. Like, how do we actually rewire those stories that are not serving us? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So I think w one idea is to become a third party observer, right? Meaning while you're going through a particular traumatic experience, like in, in your thoughts, you're going through this, observe yourself 
not as a first person as you're going through it, but observe as a friend who's watching you go through it, right? And that that makes it a lot easier to deal with whatever you're going through. I think I would say that's the first thing is to become a third party observer of you going through the situation. And that invokes empathy. It's like, hey, you're watching a friend having a hard time. You want to be there and help them, right? So that's the same thing in this situation. Uh, and you want to be there to help him. The second thing is I use affirmations. I love affirmations and I've constantly, you know, have them all around me, have a little uh, note, a little, you know, note card that I kind of uh, repeat every morning. Uh, and so I think it's uh, utilizing affirmations has been a great tool for me. And so when I have this negative thought, then I've replaced it with something positive that's maybe may countering it, but in a sense, it's taking me in the direction that I want to go in, right? So something that says, oh, I, I don't want to do this interview, you know, like 10 minutes before our interview, I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this. Well, and I'll have this nervous feeling and all this. And so sometimes I'll be like, all right, hey, I'm busy. I can't come. But then now I've been like, you know what? My mental talk will stop that men negative mental chatter, put an end to it and say, you know what, I'm excited about it. Like, oh, look at this. The last one went so well. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll look at, uh, give myself proof and show how things have gone so well. I'll get, I'll psych myself up for this interview. I always like to think of, because uh, I love affirmations and it used to be like I would stick them around like on my bathroom mirror or in the office and stuff. And recently I've more or less be, create like a, a mantra or an affirmation for the month. And use that specific affirmation during like my breathwork sessions. And I was for me, because I used to say all of these different ones all the time that I felt like I couldn't quite, they weren't making quite the impact that I had wanted them to. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on one and I'm going to like a pebble, you know, the water's going back and forth and it's kind of creating this groove and if I say it for 30 days or 31 days, depending on which month it is, it will have an impact of seeping into my conscious, if you will. Because sometimes I don't really love the idea of saying something you don't believe in it, but there's also like a little bit of like a little bit of a fake it till you make it type of mentality. Like make yourself believe this thing, like put it out into the universe that this is going to happen for you or, or you are this way or you are embodying this type of energy. And I think the more that you can say it or believe it, it will create that like groove inside of your brain until it becomes just so conscious and automatic that you're not thinking that negative way anymore. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. It's, uh, you know, it's repeating is repetition, right? saying an affirmation one time or replacing a thought one time is not going to cut it. It's like repeating that pattern of, okay, I'm going to not think this uh, thought anymore and move on to this kind of positive thought that I've selected for myself. So having an affirmation for the month, having an affirmation for however long it takes to seep into your consciousness, right? Sometimes it'd be like, Oh, I'm going to start off this month and first first day was good but then after that i stopped doing it and then i catch up on weeks you know day seven so again start your clock again go 30 days 60 days and keep at it keep at it until it becomes a reality in you not only in the sense of a thought but also feeling you're actually feeling that uh reality for yourself and for your life is there anything else that you do either in your daily life or maybe it's weekly monthly or yearly 
health and wellness related that you find really helps you to set yourself up for success? Are you doing a cleanse? Are you taking a weekend off of social media? Are you going on a retreat somewhere? Like anything that you find that has really helped you lead a healthier, more successful life? Uh, Definitely. Definitely. It's uh, a combination. I mean, all of that, all of that, what you just said, like, you know, going on uh, smoothie cleanses, for example, just doing liquids for 24 hours. Sometimes I go, I do a a little fast for 36 hours and just drink water uh, and liquids uh, like a smoothie, Uh, but essentially just cleansing my body, you know, removing all those toxins, but along with the toxins, I'll remove the um, uh, mental thoughts, the negative mental thoughts from my body as well. So like shifting my body. Again, if I'm, if I'm really deep in a negative state, I'll go out for a run and kind of you know, shift my energy that way. Uh, at the end of the year, I'll do a review of the overall year and how did this year go? And, uh, you know, it's different aspects of my life, my family life, spiritual life, uh, financial life. Uh, and I'll kind of look, look at all of these different metrics. Like, oh, okay, I could do better in this area for the for the next year. So that's kind of what I do at the uh, like a year end review. I love it. Before I send everybody to check out your stuff online and to follow along with you, is there a book, podcast, or resource besides Deepak Chopra that has brought you incredible value that you want to share with the audience? Uh, you know what? Currently, I'm reading this book called Chatter, and this is about our thoughts, the rumination, the chatter that goes on in our minds, and how can we utilize it to you know, put us where we want to go. So that's one of the books that I'm reading right now. Another great resource, and this is kind of how the Water Doctor title came about, is this book called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. And its essential message is that our body is dehydrated and a lot of the common ailments, the migraines, the ulcers, uh, all of these can, you can treat it by just drinking enough water and making sure that you're hydrated at all times. So another thing that I like to tune into my body is how hydrated am I? Mm-hmm. And always con- like I saw you drinking water during this interview a couple of times, you know, and I love that because I feel like we're not drinking enough water. And again, in that there is no like a rule book, like, oh, you have to have so much water in your system. I think every body is different. Every person needs different amounts of water. I have a lot more fire inside of me, so I need more water. My wife has a lot more earth inside of her, so she doesn't need as much water. She retains more water. So in that sense, I think every body is different. Tune into your body to realize how much you actually need. Uh, so before we go, Megan, can we do a water cheers? Yes, yes, yes. Cheers. cheers. Let's drink <laughs> to this. And everyone that's drinking, let's drink to it. I feel like we could have even like a part two of this, though, because one of the things I talk about so much with water is the fact that it's so like we're just not getting the minerals that we th- used to get from our water so there is like drink your water and also like Mm. i'm sure as like the water doctor and environmental engineer you're probably like it's not the same that it used to be right oh definitely (laughs) definitely not yeah quality of everything has gone down in america and (sighs) western world unfortunately Unfortunately, (laughs) Uh, Dr. Varun, this has been such an incredible conversation. If people want to check you out online, if they want to follow along with you and what you're up to, where can everybody go and find you? 
So you can find me on my website, drvarungandhi.com or my Instagram with the same name, drvarungandhi. And I'm reachable on either of those platforms. Perfect. I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for this conversation. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. Love and abundance, everyone. If you love this podcast episode, spread the love by sharing this with your friends and family, share it out on social media, and don't forget to give it a five-star rating and review. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful that you are here. Until next time.